You need strong future vision to be successful in life. Learn about the two most important kinds of vision next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. In early America, French historian Tocqueville wrote a book entitled Democracy in America, and he uh, wrote about historians in the democratic age he believed would uh, get preoccupied with, well, significant events and ideas. And because of that, they would overlook great leaders with vision, and they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't see them or notice them or they wouldn't uh, accept them. And that almost happened in World War II. It almost happened at that time. Winston Churchill warned the Western world for a uh, decade, just about, before World War II and warned the people in the Western civilization about a German-led Holy Roman Empire. Finally, the British people did see that Churchill was right, and they elected him to become the Prime Minister. But it was almost too late. It was almost too late. And finally, Churchill did, many historians say, uh, saved Western civilization. But Churchill said about that uh, war, he said, World War II was unnecessary. Hitler violated the Versailles Treaty and many other treaties, and, and, we, and the West did nothing and let him get away with it. And Churchill said, if we'd have stopped him then, World War II would never have happened. If we had stopped him early on, when he lacked all the power that he had a little later. This is a critical lesson that you and I need to learn. We need to learn this because it applies to us uh, individually and collectively, and that's very important for all of us. Historian John Lukacs called Churchill a visionary in a positive sense, and uh, he said that uh, because Churchill had foresight or vision like no other politician in, in, uh, during and after World War II. There was just no people that were equal to Churchill, no people that were equal to him in the vision that he had. Now God says in Proverbs 29 and verse 18 that where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a very serious subject, and that applies to you, as I said, individually or collectively. And we need to learn a lesson in vision, and uh, there, there are two kinds I want to talk about today, but uh, Churchill gave us many examples about how we can build that vision, and, uh, and really uh, we can show you how today how you can have a vision that reach, reaches far beyond what he had. Now that's a, a subject very important to God. Or, he says, we perish, and that applies in many ways, many ways. So Winston Churchill uh, warned about the sixth head of the Holy Roman Empire, and uh, Herbert W. Armstrong came along in the uh, early 30s with a message, and he, he warned about the seventh head of the Holy Roman Empire, and especially did that during World War II. 
and, uh, and, and shortly after that. But I want to talk to you about two kinds of vision, a historical vision and a biblical vision. We need to understand both of them to really have the kind of leadership that God really wants all of us to have. Churchill was a rare politician. Here's what Luke said about him. He said, Foresight in politics is rare, perhaps, but at any rate, Churchill's foresights were historical rather than political. That's what set him apart. Politicians were political in their vision or their foresights. Churchill was historical in his vision. He just drew from history all this vision that really did set him apart. Now, there was a critical time, actually a day in, in, in one sense, or maybe five days, you could say, that uh, the uh, war cabinet of the British Empire really were considering about, well, maybe we could negotiate with Hitler and see what kind of a peace deal he'd give us. Now, Churchill was offended by that and uh, said, look, anytime you start something like that, it's, you're, you're getting on a slippery slope, and you're not going to be able to retreat from it. And uh, if you've ever been on a slippery slope, you can't climb back up. The Germans would insist on having uh, taking uh, the military of the British people and controlling that, and then how do you get how do you stop and turn something like that around? Well, you can't do it. You can't do it. But a man who almost became prime minister instead of Churchill wanted to explore the potential, well, maybe we could negotiate a peace because, there's, well, he just didn't see any hope of victory. Now, that, that's a frightening thing when you think, in this case, it could have been uh, one of the most horrible uh, events ever on this earth. Well, I'll tell you, people today, oftentimes, that more than anything else, they need to be reminded. They need to, to go back and remember what happened in World War II and how close we came to losing that war. If Britain had surrendered, nobody else was standing up to Hitler. Only Winston Churchill. And he persuaded the British people to follow him, and they did, to their credit. Let me read you a short uh, quote here. It said, But Churchill did not let go, and he had his way. That was the greatest turning point, a turning point more than a milestone in his career. It may have been the greatest turning point in the history of the Second World War. During the succeeding months, Churchill and Britain defied Hitler's Third Reich almost alone. Well, how about that? Almost alone. Nobody would, wanted to join with them. But one man did that. One man did that and turned all this around. And, it, and certainly, as Luke Ock said, he, didn't, uh, he was one man who did not lose the war because it could have been lost right there at that point, at the very beginning almost. And that was in May 1940. So it was, it was a, a nightmarish time for the Western world, for sure.
But what would we have done without that one man with vision? That's the reason he, uh, Churchill wouldn't give in. He had a vision of what it would be like if they surrendered to Germany. Other nations certainly illustrated that if you uh, look at the history and check that closely. Churchill said in his finest hour speech, if we uh, give in to something like that, it's going to be, or even lose this war, it's going to be a new dark age. He, he, he just talked how it was going to be an abyss of, of a new dark age. And he, he also talked about uh, the, the horror of the perverted science of the Nazis in World War II. And they would take the living human beings and, and experiment with them by surgery to the person or cutting them in certain ways to try to learn something from their sick, perverted science. That's what they would have surrendered to. And Churchill said he'd rather uh, be found dead choking on his blood than surrender to that. He saw that, though, in vision the way nobody else did. Nobody else saw what would really happen to them. And there are other Prophecies in the Bible that tell us even worse things are coming in the end time if we don't listen to God. Worse things are going to come. And you can look around and see a lot of problems already, but uh, the, uh, can you imagine such science being practiced on living human beings and what were in these, these Nazis considered them like? dogs and cats, I suppose, the way we would might uh, use them today. But he did, there was just nobody that, uh, that understood, like Winston Churchill, the, the purposes of Adolf Hitler and how he was anti-Semitic and wanted to just totally blot out the Jewish race. And uh, that was a vision that some leader had to have, or they, they would have given in and surrendered. Said, well, it's just too much. He's going to win. Anyhow, it looks that way. And so they'd want to just surrender. And that's, that was a pathetic time in the history of Britain and America, certainly uh, as well, because we, we had to be bombed into that war and didn't want to take on Hitler ourselves. But as Lukács said, foresight in politics is rare. It is rare, and Churchill's foresight or his, his vision was not political, it was historical. He was thinking from uh, the great history examples of the past that even the Bible tells us we better learn from them. Corinthians talks about that. Luke saw how important vision was, and that's the reason he wrote about it, I would imagine. And uh, Churchill had this vision, and he thought deeply about all that history, and really just had uh, an unparalleled vision to anybody else in World War II. Even in 1924, uh, he had uh, concerns about the young Germans marching out at times, and 
singing about revenge from World War I, which they started. But that's what they were doing, and Churchill was concerned that something might, might uh, develop there that was really very dangerous. In 1930, he was very anxious about Adolf Hitler, like about three years before he even became Chancellor of Germany. And he was concerned about Hitler and what he was going to do. And nobody else was even thinking about it. I mean, he was alone. That's why they, they scorned him for almost a decade, just for telling them the truth of what was coming and what Hitler was planning on doing. How important is that kind of vision to you in your personal life? Even in your, your business or whatever your job may be, we need that vision. You and I both need that very badly, and we can get it from the right kind of history. I mean, they're just a, uh, examples of astounding vision in uh, Churchill's own history, but uh, again, those, that vision was not political. It was historical, and that's where we get vision on the level that Churchill was speaking about vision. A critical understanding that we need to have. Now, uh, the, Churchill had historical insight, but I'll tell you, he had almost no biblical vision or foresight. He didn't have a biblical foresight. And I want to show you that we really need this one most of all, the biblical vision, the second kind of vision that we need. Herbert W. Armstrong came on the scene, and he was prophesying in the 30s and then in the 40s and talking about a seventh head to the Holy Roman Empire. Adolf Hitler led the sixth head of the Holy Roman Empire, and now he said there's going to be a seventh head, and it's going to be far more dangerous if we don't wake up and go to God for help in this situation. God said He was going to pass by us one more time, one last time, to give us a chance to repent again. And Herbert W. Armstrong prophesied this, and still, People didn't listen, and all of those prophecies that he talked about have come to pass, and we're now facing the seventh head, and it could even rise on the scene this year with that ten kings talked about in Revelation 17. And we see a uh, coronavirus plaguing the whole world, and it really has shaken Europe very badly as well, and this could actually cause those ten kings to come out of those twenty seven presidents of the European Union. That's what your Bible says is going to happen, and you, you can just watch it, and you can count, and you'll see it happen. Notice Revelation 17 and verse 10, and there are seven kings, it says, five are fallen, and one is. That's when Herbert W. Armstrong came on the scene, when one is. And the other, you see, that was the sixth head, and the other is not yet come. That's the seventh head. But now it has come. It's just not fully formed, but the power is there, and the only thing they really lack is the strong man talked about in Daniel 8 and verse 23. But Mr. Armstrong came on the scene when one is, and he was telling the people 
that there is another one coming, a seventh head that is coming if we don't look to God. He, he had friends in the royal family, and that's where David's throne was at that time. He knew a lot of them and was close to them. In my book on Germany and the Holy Roman Empire, I discussed how the Germans believed at that time, and Hitler taught them that, that the Germans were God's chosen people, and they had the crown jewels that he brought from Vienna. And he was there growing up in Vienna, and he knew all about those crown jewels of the Holy Roman Empire from Charlemagne's time. And he brought those crown jewels. He annexed Austria and brought those crown jewels to Germany. I'll just maybe give you a short quote here. In 1938, at a rally in Nuremberg, Hitler had brought from Vienna, after 140 years, the insignia of the First Reich, that's Charlemagne. What they're talking about, well, we need our new Charlemagne today, do they? Is that going to be good for the world? Well, we've got some material that will show you exactly what's going to happen. And we'll offer that to you at the end of this program. But it, uh, the quote says, the imperial crown, the orb of empire, or the, uh, in other words, it's a global vision. The scepter and the imperial sword. At the presentation of these symbols of imperialism, he solemnly vowed that they would remain in Nuremberg forever, forever. Those were the crown jewels of the Holy Roman Empire. And let me just tell you what I wrote about in the Philadelphia Trumpet, October 2018. I said there that this was the Holy Roman Empire goes public, big time. And I said that every news media on this planet ought to be making this their main headline. Here is what, what I was talking about. Chancellor Sebastian Kurtz said that his religion guides his politics. Now that is the Holy Roman Empire. And Austria is a powerful nation already, and certainly very much allied to Germany. Now, something that you need to ask yourself about, in Revelation 17 and verse 17 it says that God has put it in their minds to do what they're going to do. That is the Holy Roman Empire. And here you have the leader of a country that was very much a part of the fifth head, or the, well, the Habsburg dynasty, a powerful Holy Roman Empire. So what does it mean, and why would God put it in their mind to do what they're going to do in the seventh head? Now, there's, there's obviously some correction involved here. If we don't learn our lesson and learn that God has warned us for many years, and He's going to hold us accountable for that warning, and it's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be very difficult, and you're going to see plagues that dwarf the coronavirus. All kinds of problems are coming upon this world if we don't wake up. The Bible talks about the Great Tribulation and the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Well, that's bad news, but it's also good news. 
It's also good news. Otto von Habsburg, who is certainly a descendant of the Habsburg dynasty of the Holy Roman Empire, he, well, even recently he's dead now, but he was a member of the European Parliament just in recent years. And here's what he said. He was a good friend of Herbert W. Armstrong and even went to the college that Mr. Armstrong founded and visited with him, and Mr. Armstrong visited with him in Europe. And here's what he said. We possess a European symbol which belongs to all nations of Europe equally. This is the crown of the Holy Roman Empire which embodies the tradition of Charlemagne. Now, he didn't say it also embodies the tradition of Adolf Hitler. In all of their perverted, sick ideas, he didn't mention that. Well, we don't remember too much about Charlemagne, but let me tell you, Charlemagne's own inner circle were alarmed by how violent and how bloody he became in his warfare. And that's the one of the chancellors of Germany even said, yes, he did. He waded through rivers of blood to get his way and to control Europe and control their religion. It was, it was not a pleasant time for Europe, if you, unless you were Charlemagne. And I suppose they would think, well, that was a great, uh, great de- development for the people who uh, followed Charlemagne, which was uh, Germany and France and Austria. But think about what people are saying uh, about all of this. If you notice that Karl Theodore zu Gutenberg also very much, and he is possibly the strong man of Europe, if you probably, you'd have to put him in that small little pool. But he said, we have to resurrect our own culture and look to our own history with its dark and bright sides, but it's mostly dark sides. If you look at it from outside that Holy Roman Empire, this is something that that God says would would come to pass in this end time. And you can see it says in Daniel 8 and verse 23, I'll read this to you, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. Yes, that's right. And it goes on in verse 24, says that he's going to have power, not by his own power. Well, where is he going to get his power? You need to know that and know what is happening. And you know that God is very upset by a lot of nations that are labeled Israel in the Bible. But notice the good news that's coming. This is the great and dreadful day of the Lord, but it's going to be concluded by the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth to bring us the peace and joy and happiness that we should have. Verse 25, And through His policy He shall cause craft to prosper in His hand, and He shall magnify Himself in His heart, and by peace shall destroy many. In other words, He he looks like He wants peace, but He comes as an angel of light. He doesn't want peace. He wants to destroy nations and implement His perverted ideas. 
He shall also stand up against the Prince of Princes, that's Christ, but He shall be broken without hand. In other words, He's going to be broken by Jesus Christ Himself. And in Revelation 17, verse 14 says that Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is going to totally destroy that last head of the Holy Roman Empire, and you'll have no more plagues, no more wars, no more of all of this hate and terrible, terrible things happening in this world. Jesus Christ is going to put a stop to it forever and ever and ever. What good news that is for all of us. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. You need strong future vision to be successful in life. Learn about the two most important kinds of vision. The most important kind of vision you can possess is spiritual vision. Request Gerald Flurry's free book, The God Family Vision, to discover the glorious riches and wonder of your future should you choose to obey God. Learn about God the Father's detailed master plan, probably millions of years in the making, to build a limitless spiritual family. Uncover biblical examples of God's love for family, how to establish a family relationship with God in this end time, and the glorious reward that results from daily seeking to enter the God family. Understanding the parallels between physical family and the God family will cause you to appreciate your physical family and God's instruction for families, and so much more. The second most important kind of vision you can possess is historical vision. Request Gerald Fleury's free booklet, Winston S. Churchill, The Watchman, to learn about the historical vision that set this bold leader apart from the rest. Churchill was the only man who could have saved Western civilization from defeat against Hitler. Churchill understood the history of the German people. He knew what could happen if a strong leader took control of Germany. His crucial historical knowledge informed his decision to sound the alarm while nearly everyone else sought peace with Hitler. You too can build the historical vision of Churchill and use it to better understand the future as foretold in the pages of your Bible. Also request our free colorful pamphlet, Germany and the Holy Roman Empire, to see what Churchill saw in the rise of Hitler. Combine historical vision with spiritual vision to grasp God's plan for Germany, both in the painful near future and in the joyous world tomorrow. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request The God Family Vision and our materials on Winston Churchill and Germany. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. Request The God Family Vision and our materials on Winston Churchill and Germany. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.